Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. What's up, guys? This is LD from Styled by LD and Beg and Borrow Apparel with Ina on Verbally Effective podcast make sure you check it out hi this is bobby oh jay program director and morning personality for wdia hanging out with ina esco on the verbally effective podcast hey guys welcome to another edition of the verbally effective podcast i'm your host your double e ina esco and check it out hey we're having a big podcasting workshop. It's entitled All Things Podcasting. You can get your tickets today on eventbrite.com. Also, I need you guys to tap in to the Ina Esco YouTube channel to check out all of these wonderful visuals of the Verbally Effective Podcast. You know, this is the podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, entertainment with a Memphis flair. Today, I have a Memphian that you probably know because he's been in this music game a very very long time. He is a longtime musician. He plays the piano. He hit the drums. I'm sure he plays more than that on the instrument tip. And he has a huge Valentine show called Notes and Flow coming up on V-Day. Introducing Mr. Keenan Shotwell. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you. How Glad are you? Here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I see you're trying to spread the love for I'm Valentine's. Try my, best. try my best. So how often do you do this show? Actually, this is my first time doing this particular show, Valentine's Day, but I've done a couple of shows um, under Notes and Flow in the past, um, doing Black History Month, and uh, I think we did our first one February uh, 2021 at Crosstown. So we had two shows at Crosstown. This is my first one at Botanic Garden, so. Oh, at the Botanic Garden. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Well, we're going to get all into notes and flow. We're going to start at the beginning, Keenan. Okay. What part of Memphis are you from? Whitehaven. 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 I'm almost like a crossbreed a little bit okay. because I'm between Whitehaven and the Westwood area. Okay. You know, so, so it's in that area. Give me a little intersection. Streets. Oh, Lord. Like... Hillbrook and Neely. I know where that's at. Yeah, right over there where Big Star used to be at back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? I have so many uh, verbally effective podcast guests that are from Whitehaven, and there's so much pride surrounding that community. Tell me about growing up in Whitehaven. Hey, it was fun for me. You know, I made a lot of friends there. Uh, A heavy, like, music community because Fairly High School was, like, right down the street pretty much uh, with Reverend, uh, Robin Matthews and all of that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of musicians was birthed from that place, you know? So by me being in the area, I was able to be around a lot of great musicians. And check it out. I went to Lamorne on with his son, Robbie Matthews. Wow. Yes. Well, Very guy. talented. That's my guy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So did your love for music start early? It did. I was playing drums since I was three years old. Um, okay. My Who got mom, you into them drums, your mom? My mom and my dad. I think I got the drums from my dad's side. He played drums as well as my uncle, and they were singers. So I don't know how the singing thing jumped over my head. I didn't get that part. But, uh, the, the, of course, with the drums, and it just went from there. And my mom, she was like the minister of music at my home church. So I was able to be around music all my life. 
Wow. So you were very active in your church on yes. the music side. Mm-hmm. So how did that develop throughout you growing up? Um, just, you know, you know, your mom will make you go to church three times <laughs> a week. You know, you got Bible study, you got service, you got three o'clock program. So I was always, you know, ingrained. And, um, of course, um, in high school and even junior high, I was in a marching band and things like that. So I was always into music. And always on the drums? Always on the drums, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So let's fast forward to high school. Okay. So you're still involved in music. Yes. And what other activities did you like to do? You know, I played basketball a little bit. Come I was on, a, Hopa. I was a little too short for it, you know, but <laughs> hey. I had the backyard ball, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know. And um, I love sports. So outside of music, I've always kind of the guy. And then I was also like a, a painter at one point. Okay. Yes, I was doing like a lot of drawings and things like that. Well, you know, if you were doing it back then, it's still in you. It is. You know, it's been a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's still there. Okay, so what happened after you graduated high school? Um, I went to um, Shelby State Community College at the time. Um, that's when I really started getting into piano. I actually started getting into piano like at the age of 16. And mm-hmm. so I went to, I had like a, a scholarship at um, uh, Shelby State Community College for uh, piano. Mm-hmm. And so I started a lot of theory and jazz Jazz was big for me in classical music, so mm-hmm. I just kept you know, stretching the limits on it, you know. Wow. So so what made you get into piano? Because I know you were heavy on the drums. Yeah. Well, maybe let me get into piano. Well, it's a funny story because uh, I was playing drums at my church at 16, so the musician that we had at the time called at last minute so he couldn't make it. And so by my mom being the minister of music, she's like, we got to find a musician. Hey, show Kenny these chords. I'm like, yo, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no desire of playing the piano, so he showed me the chords anyway because the mom had gone, you know, put a foot down. So that's how I started. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so that was one part of it. But then I, I, I attended this church called Faith, um, Faith Temple, and uh, I met this guy named Derek Jackson, like a legend here, just overall the greatest in my eyes. And, uh, and when I heard him do his organ solo, I was like, yo, I want that. I want that right there. And so I think by me watching him and I took some lessons from him, it just kind of went forward from there, you know. So mm-hmm. he really um, gave me a whole new light of where music can go mm-hmm. versus just box things. So that's been my that's been my, my template. Yes. Now you have worked with some major superstars oh, no. over the years. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of those experiences. I know Melba Moore, Kurt Whalum, and yeah. plenty more. Yeah, it was good. I, my first one was in Melba Moore, and um, you know, how did that come about? Well, this guy named Taz. Uh, he was the musical director for her concert, and she did a concert at um, can't think of the building right now. Oh, GPAC, and. Uh, he like, hey, man, we need the keyboards. I'm like, cool. You know, so when she walked in, I'm starstruck. Like, yo, this is Melba Moore. Melba right? Moore. You know, this, this was Legendary. Amazing. Yeah, and she, was, she wasn't playing no games either, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, she knew her music. And so I'm like, okay, that was a big deal for me. Uh, as well as Kirk Whaler. I've been on Kirk for a while, but uh, we shared the stage together a couple of times. And just one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet and a brilliant musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as uh, Dee Dee Bridgewater. I think that was a major deal for me because that's my first tour. And so she just taught me a lot about the ins and outs of music, you know, the business, watching her and how she conducted and mm-hmm. how you had to be diverse and you had to reach out people. So I, I took that as like templates. Like I want that, I want that, I, don't know, I want that vibe, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it's been pushing me ever since. So I really was like, really encouraged me to do my own thing because I was watching her like, okay, you know, if she could do it, I could do it. You know, yeah. the same as Kirk. If he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you mentioned the business side of music because so many artists have been screwed 
you know, tremendous. Um, you know, that's just historical facts. And, you know, a lot of uh, people, they want the glitz, the glamour. They want to be on the stages and they'll take anything on a deal just right. to be on that stage. So tell me how important it is to have your business together as a musician. It's huge. I mean, because if you don't read, you know, you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the little writing, you know, they're going to show you the, the, the big writing, capitalized, like, okay, this net, it looks attractive, but it's that fine line of writing that you miss. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just important to, you know, um, study your craft. Like, if you're a songwriter, you need to know what copyrights mean, you need to know what publishing mean, you know. And uh, for me, I'd rather just do my own thing so that I can control my own destiny, mm-hmm. you know, versus, because you just never know, because... Somebody got to pay somebody. Okay. Somebody got to pay somebody. Somebody got to pay somebody. Yeah. And uh, if you're not owning your stuff, I mean, you just just a toy. Yeah. You know Pretty what I'm saying? Much. So it's like, you know, learn as much as you need to learn about the music business. Like they say, a show. Business that's a show and there's a business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. So let's talk about when you went off on your own. You mm-hmm. said, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. What did that look like for you? Scary, <laughs> to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, but I, I've done a lot of studying, you know, and just gleaning from a lot of different people, their production and things like that. I'm like, you know, and even being a part of it, just how they go about working it. Hey, and honestly, you know, you want to create your own legacy too. You know, you don't want it to be like the, the side guy forever. You know what I mean? Okay. Y'all you want your own thing going. So I think with that, and then my age too, because I want to leave a legacy, you know, for my my, my son and you know, my family members and things like that. So I think that will really be my driving force more so than anything else mm-hmm. that, King is just not known for he's just gonna play the piano, you mm-hmm. know, or he's gonna bag up the past, or he's gonna play at this venue in Manhattan and whatnot. That he's a com- accomplished musician, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm writer, producer, and all those different things. Songwriter, so, producer. Yeah. So when we hear Keenan Shotwell name in these streets, songwriter, <laughs> producer. Yeah. Come on, Keenan. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So let's talk about this because. Uh, I've interviewed quite a few uh, musicians and worked with a lot of musicians on shows from Memphis. And one of the resounding themes has been that artists don't get support here in their home city. Is there any truth to that? It is a lot of truth. A lot of truth. Uh, Why is that, Keenan? I I just think that, you know, uh, our demographics, you know, where we stay, uh, we don't really have a lot of resources like a Nashville, we got labels and all those different things. We got facts. Now we do. Now we do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but uh, we're still pressing forward because I think I still think it's the next level to get to. And of course, you know, with Memphis, when you think of Memphis, who you think of? Elvis. Elvis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right now to this day, you know, we're building stuff around us, but hey, we had Maurice right here and then mm-hmm. you know, Isaac Hayes and they don't really get the credit. Now. That they deserve. Exactly. So I just think that you know, some of that is lack of knowledge. Some of that is, you know, um, do I really want that burden enough, you know, mm-hmm. going to the next level? But it's, it's Memphis has a lot of talent. A lot. A lot, tremendous. But I think what messes us up is, you know, hey, I got to get mine. I don't know how you're going to get you up, I'm going to get mine. Like doggy dog. Yeah, there you go. You know, versus like, <laughs> hey, can we, can we do this together? You know, can we partner up? You know, hey, it's some things that I know that they, that you may not know and vice versa. So what can we do as a team uh, to make it work? And, you know, going back to the demographics, uh, I, I really do feel like more resources, more opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I really say now, probably, probably over the past, really, in my opinion, since COVID, I'm seeing a lot of musicians now trying to do their own thing, you know, start their own labels, studios, and other mm-hmm. things. So I think with COVID, it allowed people to really sit down, sit back, 
and say, hey, can, hey, what can we do to make this work now? So we, we're starting to see some movement on it. But for years, um, yeah, we wasn't. It wasn't so you've experienced this very thing. Yes, I did. And, you know, what city kind of opens your eyes to know, hey, is we really need to collaborate and, you know, there are more resources here. Like, when did you start to realize, hey, you know, Memphis is kind of different. Yeah, very different. <laughs> very talented, but very different. Uh-huh. I would say Nashville, you know, uh, Chicago, New York, of course, L.A., you know. Um, a lot of my, uh, my partners in music, moved to LA, you know, for a season because they didn't have any opportunities here. You know what I'm saying? So I think they brought that mindset here. But for me, you know, I just watch. You know, I just watch and I read the fine line. Like, okay, oh, production by, oh, okay. I wonder how to go back doing it and I studied, you know, mm. and try to bring it back here. Wow. Well, I hope things are changing. You know, we got a whole Memphis Music Commission. Yes. What are they doing? Uh, we, you know, it's making moves now. Okay. It's making a lot are of you moves on, on the commission? I'm about to. Okay. <laughs> I'm See, I'm psychic. I'm psychic. <laughs> I'm psychic. Okay. Let's talk about the 2023 Grammys. Did you watch? I did. What was your favorite performance? Yeah, hip hop. The hip hop. Oh, I love that it. That was it for me. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I yeah. like the artists that were chosen. And of course, you heard a lot of feedback. So and so should have been in there, but I liked how they did it. They ain't had time to put everybody exactly, in. Exactly right. But it was pretty good. Was. So, you a hip hop fan? I love hip hop. Okay. I'm a hip hop baby. You know? Okay, yeah. hip hop baby. That's it. <laughs> no, there has been quite a few talks surrounding the Recording Academy on how they select artists. Is it because this person is super talented? Is it how they campaigned? Um, did they buy their Grammy? People were trying to say Beyonce bought her Grammy. Oh, wow. I was like, not me. No, I, I haven't heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> they actually had a clip of Diplo. They kept going to. As soon as they announced that Beyonce won, you could see him mouthing, she bought that. Oh, wow. And, of course, the camera was right in his mouth. Wow. But Beyonce probably ain't got about nothing she because she's nothing. super talented. Yeah. She can retire right now. And, she can retire right now. And she's all right. And just go to eat visa or whatever. But um, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the Grammys and, and people not getting their just due on receiving Grammys. Um, how do you feel about the whole controversy? I mean, there's some truth to that. You know, I, I think the main thing is a, it's more of a market now um, than the music. You know, uh, fortunately, like your Beyonce, when you got both sides, it's hard to deny. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not in a certain category, or we don't know the right person, you know, it, you can get snubbed a lot. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of great, just like, um, in my opinion, like Legacy, you know. Super talented. She's supposed to be 10 Grammys right now to this day. You know? Yeah. She's a pure artist. Has but she received one yet? I don't think so. If she have, I don't, I'm not, not, I don't have any knowledge of it, but she's supposed to have 10 yeah, you know, uh, like it was like a particular day when she, what, what was that movie she was singing? Um, I forgot the name. She was doing Precious Lord, mm -hmm. and so she was supposed to perform it at the Grammys. Mm -hmm. uh, but from what I heard, John Legend, <laughs> like, no, I want Beyonce to perform wow. it. At the, so it, it's a name thing. Politics, politics at the end of the day, and that's and that's everywhere. Have you, know? you ever been snubbed on a show by some somebody? <laughs> Knocked you out the box? Uh, I would say it is. You know, uh, I just didn't win. <laughs> oh, you know, but I, you know, uh, I just think it's you know this is who you know, and and at the end of the day, you know, when your product is strong enough, you know, people can't deny it, mm -hmm. cannot deny it. So I just use this fuel to my fire. Like if I if I didn't get it, hey, just 
Try harder. Come on, fuel to my fire. I feel that. Yeah. Did you see that Sam Smith performance? Yes, I did. And Kim Petras. Yes, I did. When they came on the screen, <laughs> <laughs> when Sam was on that screen with all those little demons, I was like, do I need to say the Lord's Prayer? That part. It, it gave me demonic vibes. It really did, you know, and uh, it, I mean, definitely, you know, just. They let him just do what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, but that just speaks to. You know, the culture nowadays, you know? Yeah. And uh, people would try anything to get out there. Anything. He may love the Lord. Who knows? You know what I'm Lord, saying? But, Lord, you know, Sam Smith, did, Sam Smith has come away. Away, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but it didn't give me a vibe. I had to, you know, I had to cut it down, actually. Right. Like, I don't want that in my house. I just wasn't expecting that. But I get it, you know, based on the theme of the unholy yeah. title of mm-hmm. the song. Y'all, y'all was giving us unholy, for yeah, real. Yeah, I went with that, you know. That was interesting. <laughs> but I did love the Grammys. I heard that you love jazz, right? Yes. Samara Joy. What do you uh, think of her? I've been I've been following her for like the last two years. The future. She's yes. the future. She's really the now. You know, but um, her voice is amazing. Yes, and she's making jazz music cool and acceptable again. You mm-hmm. know, especially being African Americans. And so young. Yeah, and I we missed that. I think we missed it for a while, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, being like, okay, this is our music, y'all. You know, we got to protect our music. Don't let nobody else get our music. This is our yeah. music. So I think it was great to see her accept that award. Yeah. You know, this is our music. Let's talk about that, um, the whole jazz genre. What does that look like these days? I, I know Samara is kind of leading the forefront now, especially winning that Grammy. But I've heard a lot of different things throughout the history of jazz. Where are we today with jazz music? I think we're on our way back you know, to where it should be. And, of course, it's a, you know, um, a hybrid now with Robert Glasper now mixing mm-hmm. jazz and hip-hop. What do you think about that? I love it. Okay. You know, as long as it's moving forward. He's know. a Grammy winner, too. He is. That's my Super guy. Super talented. Though. He yeah, on them keys like you. Oh, yeah. He He's another guy. Yeah. And then you have, like, your, you know, Herbie Hancock, staying relevant. So I, I really do feel like, and, you know, even with music now, you're starting to hear, like, little, like, influences of jazz, like Kendra Lamar. Uh, you can hear a lot of jazz in the stuff now. Yeah. So I think it's really seeping back into the culture. Did it at one point lose its way? Oh, yes, it did. What happened? Pop. <laughs> oh, they, they tried to claim the yeah, jazz? Yeah, it was the new pop. Yeah, jazz was pop back then, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we started getting to rock and roll and all those different things, it got diluted, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, it just came from jazz. But you know what? That kind of speaks to how we talked about the controversy with the Grammys. E- even other... Um, I guess different award shows with how they categorize the different genres. So why is there not like just this whole separate, you know, where we don't have to fuse the jazz and the pop, like, you know, you nominating, for example, Nicki Minaj for a pop song, like, and she's straight hip hop, like, you know, things like that. It kind of blur the lines. Yeah. So you said we're getting back for the jazz. Yeah, we are. I I think so. You know, and honestly, you know, I, I guess my mission, I just want to decategorize genres all together. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I, I think sometimes that, you know, you put yourself in a box, you can't be creative. You know, may, I may not want to do a jazz tip one day. I may want to do a gospel song. I may want to do classical. I may want to do R&B. I may want to do pop. But mm-hmm. to be free to do it mm-hmm. versus like, okay, I'm writing this song, but, man, I'm not this jazz artist. I got to stay within the umbrella, you know, under mm-hmm. the umbrella. You really don't have to. I think it's a choice. 
Yeah. And you know what? Nowadays, it seems like a lot of, you know, I know you're heavy on who's producing it, um, you know, production side. A lot of these producers are getting their credit these days. Yeah. Like they're they're at the front now. Like yeah. we seeing them at the Grammys. Like it's not just the talent, the singer, you know, the performer. It, it's the team behind it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Shotwell, let's talk about notes and flow. What's going on on Valentine's Day? Hey, it's going to be a vibe, I'm telling mm. you. You know, uh, all-inclusive, you know, you're going to have your live entertainment with Karen Brown and Jay Buck. Uh, Memphis Will, comedian, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Food, you know, open bar, mm-hmm. uh, DJ, sexy vibe. And so you're getting all that in one setting. You okay. can't beat that, you know. Uh, if you go to a restaurant, high-end restaurant, you know, you're going to be paying a certain amount just for food. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, okay, what's next after that? You got to be creative and find somewhere else. But with my event, you know, you're getting out of it in one setting. Uh, one setting. On Love Day mm-hmm. at the Botanic Garden. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen Brown. Yes. We got the comedian. Yes. Uh, Memphis Will. Memphis Will. Jay we Buck. got Jay Book, my That's boy my guy, Jay yeah. Book. What's up, Jay Book? <laughs> uh, Keenan Shot Will. So you're going to be over there. Yes. And on drums? No, nah, I'm not going to touch both. I got people. I got you got, a band Okay, you got yeah. the whole band. So, Keenan Shotwell, you got a band. Yes. Uh-huh. What is it called? Uh, the Keenan Shotwell Experience. Okay, the yep. Keenan Shotwell so, Experience. Uh, on drums is uh, Anthony Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Ant. Yeah, that's my look. That's my guy there. Okay. That's my guy there on bass, uh, Doc Samba. Um, Steve Bethany on guitar. Mr. Bethany. Yes. Uh, okay, Brian great. Lockhart on sax. Oh, that's going to be a nice show. Yeah, uh-huh. A nice show. And Lance Lucas on the, you know, Ox Keys and stuff like that. So it's going to be a good vibe. A great experience yes. for Lover's Day. I know a lot of people are looking for different things to do mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So That's what pushed me to do it, you know, because I, I was one of them guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like we can't give our women flowers all the time. We got to be creative. I'm like, what can we do? So it just, it just dropped on me. I'm like, let's roll with this, you know. Okay. And how can everyone get tickets? Uh, Eventbrite. And just tap okay. in Notes and Flow. Or my name, and uh, you should be able to get it. You need to get it fast because it's selling. It's selling quick. Yeah. yeah Valentine's around the corner. Tuesday. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. <laughs> uh, Mr. Shawell, repeat after me. Okay. Amen. Say mine. Amen. Say mine. Okay, with the White Haven. <laughs> come on, okay, come on, White Haven. <laughs> tell me one thing that you're absolutely great at, and tell me one thing that you're not. Oh, wow. That's a good one. I think. I'm great in terms of being relational with people. I, I really think I do a good job because I'm just my intent. I want everybody to be happy, you know. Mm-hmm. I and, get that vibe from you. Yeah. Because we just met today. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and it's a good vibe. Yeah, yeah. So, good energy. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I think that's my thing in terms of me, my character, you know. Uh, I try to be I try to be the best person I can be for people, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, from a musician standpoint, you know, I, I, I think I'm – I think I'm pretty good in terms of uh, pop your pop your. You kind of off me do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at um, finding talent. You know, uh, pulling out the potential in people, the best, the, the best them in the studio. You know, like hey, I think you could do this. You know, so I think I'm pretty good at that. Okay. Yeah. In terms of the what I'm not good at, yeah, I hate talking. <laughs> you do. I'm an introvert. Okay, so Jay got you uh, coming out here doing some me. Yes, okay, uh, okay. But I love it. You You're know, doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, but I'm 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 better now than what I was back in the day. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm kind of more in the middle now. You know, mm-hmm. I can do the introvert thing, but I can flip and do. But guess what? The more you do it, the better you get. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Okay. All right. Repeat after me. Amen. Say mine. Amen. Say mine. <laughs> 
<laughs> tell me about your best Valentine's Day you ever had, and tell me about your worst. Oh man, you know, you know, my best Valentine. Um, you know what it was? <laughs> it was different experiences. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, my worst Valentine would be. You probably forgot to do something you supposed to do. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it was something that I ordered. And it's supposed to arrive the day before it never did arrive. So I was really hanging my hat on this is gonna be the bomb gift. Like, man, just blow a socks off. Nothing. <laughs> so I had to run around, try to make it work mm-hmm. and uh I had I actually created this um I created this, this gift bag with full of chocolate and, and and uh her favorite drink and we had strawberries and stuff like that made, so I had to make it work at the last minute. Well, that sounded nice, too. Yeah. So she didn't even know? Not at all. Did that gift come in? Yes, it did. Okay, that was yeah. like a part two. Yeah, part, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, you know, you know, Valentine's Day coming up, uh, there are a lot of horror stories we've heard about, but there are a lot of gr- more of the great stories, so I'm glad it worked out. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad you got notes and flow coming up on Valentine's Day. I need everybody to go out and get your tickets mm-hmm. to see Mr. Keenan Shotwell and friends at the Botanic Garden. Get your tickets on eventbrite.com. Also, Mr. Shotwell, I want you to let the verbally effective audience know how they can continue to follow your journey. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Keenan Jerry Shotwell, or you can go to Notes and Flow. I'm on all the platforms. If you want to know where I'm at, hey, Keenan Jerry Shotwell. Or go to Notes and Flow. You'll be able to get all your information. Or go to my website, uh, KeenanShotWit.com, and um, hey, you get all the information that you need. Yes. Any shout-outs you would like to do? Hey, shout-out to my mom. Love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just to everyone. Um, this, this Memphis 901, and shout-out to Fedoria Ruggles and Holistic Harmony. She's been a great help. Uh, in this production, helping things work because you know I'm the artist, so my mind like, Ugh. and so she's the one like, hey, take this thought and put it right here. Hey, let's put the thought right there. So just shout out to everyone, but particularly uh, to her and Holistic uh, Harmony. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mr. Keenan Shawell. I have truly enjoyed you today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. I've learned a lot about you, and I wish you nothing but the best on your journey. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you all for tuning in to yet another episode of the Verbally Effective Podcast. Don't forget to go to Eventbrite. We've been talking about Eventbrite to get your tickets to all things podcasting. I'm trying to teach you guys the ins and outs of the trade. You know, it's a very saturated market, but you can win in it also subscribe to that verbally effective podcast on all streaming platforms and that ina esco youtube channel as well get your tickets for notes and flow on eventbrite for v-day i'll see you guys next week thanks for tuning in